Addio, mia bella Napoli. Addio. Benvenuti in Charagazzi to the 34th episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell and I am speaking to you from the blue skies of the west of Scotland. But luckily in the shadow of Vesuvio, quite literally, it's Michele Borelli. Hello, Michele. How the hell are you, man? Hello, 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 everyone. I'm fine. I'm relaxed. I've recharged my batteries like our Quarascalia did. So, yeah, no, I'm ready. I mean, I'm still not done with vacationing and holidays. Absolutely not. But, you know, now I'm projecting myself onto the next season. So, you know, I'm thinking about that. I didn't want to. I had, I needed like a full month to recover for from oh, this yeah. season, from, you know, the good and the bad, from the... From how tiring it was to, you know, to, to actually arrive at the last game of the season, which was and quite insane. Now I'm fine. Now I'm fine. Are you recovered? Would you say? I'm recovered, but I will still, <laughs> I will still do some more recovering just to be sure, because you never know. It's like, I know what you mean. It's so weird. Like, I still feel, I mean, it, quite a lot's happened since we last recorded which we're going to talk about soon. But I feel um, still very dazed and confused about my relationship to, to Calcio and Napoli. I'm still just in a, in a post-Scudetto glow, to be honest. But um, maybe this will help. Maybe you're my, you're my doctor. Michele. Maybe. But the thing is, if I think about next season, I don't really want it to start. Usually, yeah. when it comes to, you know, like in summer, it's like, oh, I can't wait for the first home game. Now, I'm, I really don't want it to start. You know, I still want to enjoy this because obviously when the new season starts, it's, you know, we start from zero. Everyone has the same points and, you know, you have to fight for it. But now I'm still, you know, my, my Napoli campione d'Italia scarf is still hanging on the wall. The first <laughs> thing I see every morning when I wake up and, you know, like all the decorations are still in the streets. Most of them have been removed, but they are still, you know, like some of them are still there. I still enjoy that, you know, I still enjoy um, thinking about what we did this season, even though... And so they're still up then. That's good to hear. So, it would, it, oh, hang on, let's get the order of things right. What is number 34 in the Napoli Tombola? Uh, number 34 is Acab, the head, La Testa. Ah, there we go. Well, hopefully we will keep our heads today to when we're talking about things. So... Uh, that's, that's not very rude either, is it? I mean, there's some English head can mean something else, but I'm not going to go into that into too much detail. I will let our listeners put one on one together and make a big number. Oh. Um, so, decorations still up, are they? City still feels pretty post post Scudetto, or are you starting to see things get cleared up and put away? No, a lot of them have been removed because the mayor asked people to remove them. And some, like an old trust group also said, okay, now it's time to remove everything. I honestly, I think we already talked about this, but I, don't, I didn't feel the rush of removing all the decorations. I feel like yeah. we should have kept them on for, for a few months, you know, at least until the season, the new season started. I don't see the reason why, you know, like the, the official reason was you know, they could pollute because it's mostly plastic. It's mo- like you, actually. It's mostly plastic, <laughs> so it's like plastic stripes, you know. Wow, that was from... like four minutes in. That's a record, yeah. actually. That's the longest yeah. it's taken you. 
I'll, I'll get better next time. But but yeah, no. So like people people's concern was, you know, if these things fall by themselves, they're gonna pollute. They're gonna they're gonna pollute disease and the the streets and everything. So let's do the the right thing to do and let's remove them. Uh, okay, maybe maybe I agree with that. Still, you know, my flags are still outside my window, and oh, yeah, proud. a lot of them a lot of them still in the streets are. So yeah, but I'll so I'll you, tell you something. Yeah. I'll tell you something. I haven't I haven't seen many videos from last season, from the season which just ended, obviously. Usually, you know, I would I would live through, you know, like I would I would want to watch especially the big games. And I've seen, we've had a lot of big games last season. Oh and my days. I, I didn't like I would say probably for the whole season I didn't feel the need to watch like past games, highlights and stuff like that. It's like I think that's because it was way too tiring for me. Mm. To live through, and it's funny to say that because it was obviously a positive season, but still, you know, like, so tiring, so tiring. Presumably, you want to keep the memories of being there, because I think it's interesting. Whenever I go and see a game live, I don't want to then watch the highlights on because I don't want my weird brain to remember the highlights. It's like you know when you're a kid and you think you remember something, but actually it's just a photograph. I suppose from your perspective, like you're very much like physically present watching this stuff. So your memories of the games are quite unique. Uh, am I just being weird here? No, 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 no. I agree. I agree. It's just that usually I would complement my yeah. my memories with highlights videos just to live through them because obviously when Napoli plays, I don't. I mean, I don't take videos, you know. So I have no other way to go through the memories other than well remembering. And just like normal, normal highlights. And I used to, uh, probably like 10 years ago, I used to do that all the time. I used to, I used to obsess over them. I used to, like when nobody won a big game, I used, but not like normal games too. I used to just Google highlights immediately after the win. I used to watch them over and over and over and all different commentaries from all around the world and different commentaries from, from Italy too. So like the radio commentary, the Carvalbino. Yeah, Kiss Kiss, Carlo Alvino commentary, the Sky TV commentary, and other other pay TV. So I just I was just obsessed over them. And now now obviously I mean I, I I didn't used to go to the stadium that often back then. Now yeah. I go all the time, so I don't feel this need anymore. Probably because I I kind of process the win inside the stadium. I don't know, I don't know. It's weird. It feels That's like therapy. Weirdly, yeah. there's one goal. Last season. It even feels weird to say last season, actually. I don't like it. Um, The Ossiman goal against Roma, the first one. I'm just obsessed with that goal. I've watched that goal about 3,000 times. It's just so satisfying. I don't know what it was about it. It's probably a combination of like when it came in the game, the fact it was such a classic number nine play. And maybe that it was away as well. It's easier to watch those. I don't know. But, um, yeah, well, the second half of today, we're going to be reflecting back. So it will be interesting to see what sticks in your memory, actually, from a kind of genuine sense. Because uh, as you've pointed out a few times, I am, I'm a plastic fan. So my whole perspective is very much made out of cling film. True. I'm basically wrapped up in cling film. That's a thought for everybody, isn't it? Um, so you've been sending me lots of images on WhatsApp, Michaela. 
as per usual, right? Yes. You mean my my nudes or something else? No, 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 no. We're not. We're not that's a different. That's our different podcast. Oh, okay, um, sorry, excuse me. The <laughs> terrible mix-up of your of your journeys. So I've been very much back to work and under the the grey skies of of the west of Scotland. Right. Um. But you've been sending me pictures of you on a boat, uh, in front of that. You know, it was the famous rock bit in Capri yeah. and in front of Sorrento, and you're on the beach. Now because this show has been described as the Napoli lifestyle show by somebody, um, <laughs> which I quite, I quite like. Um, do you want to just tell us a bit about your, your your adventures, of which I am not jealous in any way whatsoever? Yeah, so the main reason why I send you these pictures is because I, I enjoy seeing you suffer. So <laughs> when I send you those pictures and, and, you, and you curse at me, um, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that a lot. It's like physical pleasure for me. It's like most of the reason why I do these things is not to enjoy the actual experience. It's to enjoy you suffering because of them. So, yeah, so it was my absolute pleasure to send you pictures of my day cruise around so Capri. You were on a boat. You were on a I boat. Was, I was on a boat, yes. And it was literally of... raining in Scotland when you sent me that. Ah, that's message. beautiful. Ah, you should have told me that. I would have enjoyed myself so much more. But yes, it's like... Well, so what is you... this boat, Michele? Is it a big boat, a small boat? Is it your boat? Is it something it's, a, it's a sailing boat. Okay. And it's not my boat, obviously, and because those things say. are very expensive. And business is good, but not that good. And... <laughs> No, but the thing is that I was on that boat for free. So that's what that's what's amazing about it. I didn't pay a thing. So my father so my father has many talents. My father has like a plurality of jobs and one of his jobs is um just driving boats around and he does it for amazing. friends and it but he does it like as a as a like a side job because it and not a nice little earner as we might say in yes. English. It it pays well. And, you know, like he doesn't really market it, but sometimes like people know about it. So they ask him, like, for example, in this instance, uh, a friend of ours had some guests from New Zealand and she wanted to give them a nice, you know, experience at the, uh, around Capri. So she asked my father to about this, this uh, sailing trip and he said yes. And he asked me if I wanted to come along. And I thought about it for about 1.5 seconds, and then I said okay, <laughs> yes, because that was a free day cruise about uh, around Capri. So we departed from Napoli, obviously, um, Molo Beverello, which is the the port, well, the port area, the ones, the one, the the area where all the um, ships uh, depart to reach like Ischia, Capri, like the where ferries and all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's where the castle is, one of the castles, like the, yeah. the the French castle, the and where the uh, mayor's office is. So yeah, we left from there around 10 a.m. in the morning, and you know the sailing boat is quite enjoyable. It's quite nice. It's pretty big. It had four bedrooms. I mean, I call them bedrooms, but they are not really bedrooms. It's like so, this is like sails, like set, not an engine. Like the sails go up. No, you can do both. So we did right. both. We did both. I mean, I don't know much about sailing, as I'm probably demonstrating right now. Yes, you're a sailing plastic, you could say. <laughs> but no, no, you could do both. You could do both. And my father can do both. He's allowed to, to do both. But it depends on the wind. So the thing is, yeah. it's a big boat. It's quite heavy. And so it's extremely, extremely slow. So it took us about three hours to reach Capri, which is not that far. 
so it was three glorious. hours. So you had the view of the Bay of Naples, and it was yeah. very sunny. Oh, God. Yeah, no, there was quite a glorious day, like about two clouds in the, in the sky, and that's it. So yeah, we slowly, um, well, uh, I would say sail, but it was like by engine. So we went to Capri, about two, three hours. We reached Capri, and we sailed. Uh, when we went past Capri, we went on the other side of Capri, so where the Farayuni are, which are the rock formations you were talking about. Those are, mm. well, the symbol of Capri mostly. And those yeah. are on the other side. So if you are in Napoli and you see Capri, the Farayuni are on the other side, so on the Tyrrhenian side of Capri. So we went there, and that's also the fancy side of Capri. So all the fancy, you know, fancy, yeah, yeah fancy boats are there, quite big ones. And yeah, that was enjoyable. We stayed there, we swam there a little bit. It's probably the best way to experience it because when I went uh, last month, there's something so depressing about the actual mainland with all the Gucci and Prada and that excess. And the best bit, I think, like I said on the last show, was was when you actually experience the the topography of it. You know, the actual island itself is beautiful. I think the people on it are probably mostly dickheads aren't they so so you were basically you were sort of sailing around it presumably saying yeah we didn't land we didn't we didn't actually walk in cabri we just went around cabri we never left the boat we oh. yeah we stayed on the boat the whole time the whole day from 10 a.m to like 9 p.m 8 p.m something like that and obviously we take advantage of the fact that the sunset is quite late this time of year so we really enjoyed that we went from cabri to um furore which is on the Amalfi Coast. It's not that far, it's quite close. So we went to the uh, Amalfi Coast, we stayed there, we had a swim there, and then we slowly um, made our way back to Napoli, but we went in front of Sorrento first. So we went on the other side of the, you know, the Sorrento Peninsula, which is like on, on one side you have Amalfi, Positano, Furore, uh, Ravello, you have all these, uh, all these nice places. Uh, Nerano, also quite nice. Nerano, the place of origin of the spaghetti alla Nerano, the spaghetti with the zucchini, which are quite nice. Yeah. So we went from that side to the other side, Sorrento. So we went to Sorrento, we saw Sorrento a little bit, we took some pictures of Sorrento, and then we made our way very slowly towards Napoli. So another three hours from Sorrento to Napoli. And that was during sunset, which was quite nice. And then we arrived, and and that's it. That was my my daily uh, cruise around Capri, Furore, and Sorrento. It was quite enjoyable, also because it was free. Like everything, if it's free, it's much much better. So yeah, there was particularly was a great around day. that. I mean, there's nothing free in in Capri or the Amalfi. I haven't actually been to the Amalfi Coast because. I just don't have the cash, but I need to do it maybe next time. But then you'll probably get even more angry at me if I if I don't spend all of my time. I, a hundred percent, yes. But let me tell you that, you know, going to Amalfi, yes, Amalfi, well, to some extent, Sorrento, Cabri for sure, they're quite expensive in general, like especially if you want to stay there overnight, they are quite expensive. But getting there is not expensive at all like especially capri i think it's about 30 euros 30 euros to go and 30 euros to come back so that's quite uh, cheap. it's a little, little bit cheaper yeah 
Yeah, there you go. But, so it's even it's even cheaper. I mean, oh, I don't know the actual say. price. I don't know the actual price because I get that for free, you know. Oh, darling, so. darling, darling. <laughs> the and the train's really good to Sorrento as well, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, yeah very um, cheap and and quite fast. And if you want to go to Amalfi and Positano, there are no trains to get there, but there are actually boats to get there. So if you get a boat from from Napoli, uh, it's actually probably the easier way to get there because you skip all the traffic and yeah. the traffic is quite intense there because it, the, the road is quite narrow and it's only you know one road two ways and especially I mean, you have to get on a boat if you get go to naples people listening are thinking going for the first time just oh yeah i think you're right michele either pick one of the islands to go to or have a day trip to somewhere yeah, yeah. and there's the view back as well is wonderful of, of the city when you look back yeah, yeah. um but Ischia is quite nice too. A lot of people just skip Ischia, but Ischia is quite nice. Much bigger than Capri. Well, not much bigger, but bigger than Capri. And it's just, I think it's just as nice. It's cheaper. Obviously, you don't have all the fancy stores there, but it's quite nice. I like it. And it's a good place to just relax, actually, isn't it? You just, yeah. so I had a day on Ischia uh, about 10 years ago, just sitting on a sun lounger with a beer. And good enough for Truman Capote, who wrote. What novel did he write on Iski? I can't remember. Anyway, so I'm very pleased. And actually, I can see why you might be quite relaxed now and uh, thinking that you've processed the season. Maybe I need to do something similar. Um, so we're going to look back in a bit, but quite a lot's happened. Um, so what we've got to talk about, we'll talk about the new coach, the new mister. We've got to talk about Kim going and we've got to talk a bit about the, the Mercato generally speaking should we start with that so well like from your perspective as a non-plastic let's talk because we're not interested in rumors we're not interested in all that stuff we're not um Fabrizio whatever his name is um what are you what would you like from this Mercato how are you looking at this Mercato which is quite a unique one for us at least us lot that were fans post 1990 yeah well I think some dynamics probably is it's kind of unprecedented in a way because but first of all we have a lot of money in <laughs> no likely well it's true in no likelihood we're gonna break the record for you know for annual income so I think uh, obviously we we won't have the numbers until next year the official numbers but it's easy to to say that I mean we won the scudetto obviously and we went to the quarterfinals in Champions League which are two unprecedented uh, events and they yep. bring quite a lot of money. And also we reduce the wages before the season started so by quite a lot. So we saved a lot of money and we made a lot of money. And so that's great. We, we are full how, of how cash often, right now. How often do you hear any football fan say that these days? You know, yeah, that's, it's yeah. pretty, as you say, unprecedented in our history, but also pretty unprecedented. I think in in European football, to be honest, because usually there's you know, the people are either overspending or getting into debt, or they're the opposite; they're scraping together pennies in a kind of moneyball style. But yeah, so what does that mean to you then? Do you want um, Messi, Ronaldo, and um, Mbappe? No, that would be that would be idiotic, I think, to ask. Obviously, we we won the scudetto with a very precise methodology on the transfer market, a very precise way of doing things. And 
no, it would be weird to change that. I don't think I don't think we should do that. Obviously, it's not easy to replicate what we did uh, last summer. I don't think we need to because we we built last summer. Now we need to, you know, we have to fix some things. Obviously, we have to replace the guys who are who are leaving. And well, Juntoli is gone too, so that's that's nice. But um, no, it's, I'm really hoping it's, for another Giro Ferrara. You know, I think. Yeah, it's it's hard. A little hard. little part of me sees Ferrara as a double agent who went to Juve just to sink them. Uh-huh. I don't think I don't think it's, it's going to be the same thing. No, but I don't think that's. Not. I mean, for all his successes, there were also lots of failures as well. So I think, and it's not just him. There's a whole structure around him yeah. that hopefully will be retained. Um, I'm not too worried. About, I'm not too yeah. worried about him leaving. So I don't think I I, I think he's very replaceable. And he's the only one leaving. The other ones are, are, are like even his like his his right hand is staying in Napoli apparently, and oh, our great. scouts like head scouts are staying, and those are the ones who I think I think do those two Michele and Mantovani are their names. Those are the ones who actually made Napoli's fortunes because I mean it's not like Juntoli went to Georgia to find out about Claraskelia. Obviously yeah. someone else told him about him and probably he made the decision to. To go for him, but so did a lot of other teams. Obviously, it was probably like a bit better, but yeah, I think I think Juntoli ultimately is replaceable because a lot of people remember what he did last summer, but forget what he did all the previous year. He stayed here for eight years, and he's the same person who bought Maximovic for a lot of money. Uh, He's the same person who made the whole, you know, Verdi Politano fiasco happen. When Sari was here, that was very like a very low point in, from, in my opinion, in Napoli's history. You go after Verdi and you get a, a no from fucking Simone Verdi. He said, no, yeah. I don't want to leave Bologna. Then you go after Politano and Politano says yes, but then you fall right into Juve's game because Sassuolo is... It was that is... January, wasn't it? It was that January, Mercato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like 2018, January 2018, I think. If we sign Politano, that history is very different, I think. Maybe, yes. But... fire that season as well. Yeah, but we had no chance to sign Politano because Sassuolo back then, and probably even now, but especially back then when Marotta was still in Juvent- at Juventus, Sassuolo was Juve's bitch. And that's certified now. Like we have the paper. Juve 2.0. Yeah, exactly. There's more of that. I think we're going to find out late, later in the summer officially. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, I didn't know actually that those two scouts were staying. So that's fantastic, actually. Um, how about Kim? It's funny, isn't it? I wrote an article for the Gentleman Ultra um, about a month ago where I put together a combined three Scudetti Napoli 11, which was quite fun. And I had Kim at the back, and now I feel a bit... I had three at the back. I had Renica, Kim, and Ferrara. Um, but now I think that's a bit naughty. But I kind of don't hate him 100% for going. I loved watching him. Shame I didn't see him in the stadium. How is it for you from sort of Curva B regular? Do you feel betrayed by him, or what are your feelings on his exit? Again, it's a little bit unprecedented because we won the Scudetto this time. So usually, if a player joined us and left us after one year, I would be very angry about it. I would feel I would feel frustrated probably more than angry because I would feel like, oh wow, we have 
but like we have no chance of building an actual project we have no chance of going for it like so it's it's that's what i would feel in the previous years but now now it's different because we won so still you know i'm a little bit disappointed that he's leaving after just one year because it makes it clear that he was here just as a you know he just treated us as a stepping stone so he was clearly not invested in you know in the project long term that's clear i mean it was already clear last season when he asked for the for the release clause but now it's now it's now it's apparent still though you know like it's like i don't feel angry I, maybe I should, but I don't. Yeah, I know want. what you mean. You know, it's. I feel like mission accomplished. What more? What more do I do? I want. And yeah, some people might say, "Oh, but we should. We could go for the second scudetto." And that's true. It's rationally, it's true, because mm. what better way? You know, like it's obviously we 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 are the we are the champions, so it's easier to go for the second one rather than you know. Just like go for the for another school that in like five or ten years. Now we have the momentum, so we should go for it. But my very small-minded Napoli fans head can't wrap his head around the fact that we are actually champions. So for me, saying we should go for the second scudetto is, doesn't make any sense to me. And again, and it also might just happen. I mean, this one just happened. I don't know. I think Kim was such an integral part of that success. You'd have to be really partisan to get angry at him. I think, you know, I don't know. No, I also, agree. It's, like it's if you to Juve or something, like I'd yeah, be angry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I'm still disappointed that he's leaving. And you know, I was I was thinking, I was talking to some friends. I was saying like, how would we think about Kim in like ten years? Because yes, he won us a scudetto, and he was a, one of the best players in the team. So we won a in scudetto. The world. Yeah, in the world. So we won the Scudetto also thanks to him. Still, you know, like just one year, just one year. It's it's sad, but it's it's a new feeling. So I don't know how to. I think you can but tell think that. back I don't to know those how games, But think back to. I remember you saying on the show very early on when you'd seen him play was his leadership ability, his ability to to lead that back line, and actually on paper, Merritt, Rui, uh, Rachmani, and well, not De Laurenti because he's great. That's not, you wouldn't, not everybody would say that's the Skidato winning back line. And Kim, you know, from what I heard from you and what I've seen was so important in the organising of that. Like, I don't think we win it without him. I don't know what you think. Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. We'll never know, but probably, yeah. But still, you know, it's, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed that he's leaving. I'm not angry about it. I'm disappointed, but not angry. So, like probably to summarize my feeling is like thank you Kim but fuck you too. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like that's that's how I feel about it. It's like fuck you, thank you, but fuck you, but thank you, but so I don't know. Like yeah, I mean good reasons. Have a nice career. Um, probably ultimately is going to be a little bit forgettable in the long term because it just if we draw Bayern, if we draw Bayern in the Champions League, will he be booed? Do you think? No. No, no, I don't no, think so. no, because you would no, you would get hated in Napoli only if you left for a for a direct competitor. And you know, like we are a winning team because we won the scudetto, but we are no Bayern Munich. So, exactly. I mean, we are rational enough to realize that he's leaving us for a bigger team. That made total sense. And if not for the fact that it's Bayern Munich, I mean, 
just think about how much more money he's gonna get. So we we can't compete with them. Yeah, exactly. It's about that's a lot. Of, that's a day, lot of boat journeys to Capri, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, those were free for me, so yeah, it's an endless supply, regardless of how much you. So you could you have earn, offered that but... to Kim. You could have stayed. What are you doing? Um, we've also got a new Mister uh, Rudy Garcia, who uh, is from France. Obviously, there's quite a French history to the city. Um, that's about as much as I know about Rudy Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, French and his name and surname that's it <laughs> okay. yeah so uh, I mean from my perspective I've, I've looked a bit it's a, the same tactical system uh, I remember his Roma to sit side winning a lot of games at the beginning and then fading away which makes me worry because we're specialists at that apart from last season or well, even last season there was a little bit of a wobble um I suppose I quite like the idea of retaining the aesthetics of the team i think that's quite important uh for me anyway um but what what do you think michele about our new mister so again i'm still not thinking about next season so when he joined us no there was a slight what the fuck moments like, i think everyone everyone had that right i mean everyone was like oh yeah really like we're talking about like i heard people mention i, I never believed it but still you know people were talking about klopp they were talking about <laughs> luis enrique they were talking about I, I i i read one guy even talking about guardiola again i i never i never believed it but that's that's kind of the dimension of managers we we're talking about there you know like and I mean, it, it wasn't like totally out of the question because it's. I think the Laurentiis is willing to spend more more money for a good manager, yeah. but uh, you know, it's. I mean, it's. We went from Luis Enrique or Nagelsmann mm. to Rudy Garcia, and the thing about Rudy Garcia is that he was like, like he didn't even come from a, a European team right now. Like he's coming from Saudi Arabia. And he didn't even win in Saudi Arabia. So it's kind of like, really? Like, there was no one, absolutely no one better? Like, obviously, a lot of people wanted um, Italiano. A lot of people wanted Thiago Motta. Those two are more realistic. They make sense. And well, I would experience have... that. He's got a lot of games under his belt as a mister. Like 600, yeah. I think, something like that. Okay, so first of all, let me say that I know nothing about Rudy Garcia. I can only judge <laughs> him by reading his curriculum. And I, I, I remember a little bit his Roma, and I yeah. was impressed by his by his Roma days because he was the manager who won ten wins in a row at the beginning yeah. of the season. So again, like that, those seasons are the season where you can really judge teams and players by the amount of trophies they won because Juventus was killing the league those years. So if you yeah. finish second, you know, I think I think he has the Probably I'm wrong, but he made the Roma rec points record. I think probably Spalletti beat it when he joined yeah. after Rudy Garcia. And but goals still, you know, as like, well, I think. Yeah, goals he had a, scored. Like as you said, like he had a uh, a good stint at Roma, and then he kind of faded away. But again, there's not enough for me to judge him. But I remember, like he's ten wins in a row. Like you don't win ten games in a row by by chance you know like that yeah, totally. Roma team was good but it wasn't that good so yeah I mean probably he has something good going on for him I wouldn't know because I haven't followed him 
like after he left Roma and before. So I yeah. would have no idea, but uh, who knows? And perhaps, perhaps Forse, a bit like Spalletti, got something to prove, you know, yeah, hungry well, to get that to get that I title. Like, I liked Spalletti. I liked Spalletti. I really wanted Spalletti to join us. I I really liked Spalletti. Same here. So, I have the DMs to prove it of of people who were doubting, and I just thought he's he wants that chance to win it, you know, and I just like him. I think it, also he was great with the city, and maybe he'll be back in a year. I wouldn't be the, that surprised to be honest, but um, that sounds like speculation, Henry. So there's been quite a lot going on. I don't think there's been enough to make me really angry and think, oh god, it's going to be a disaster next year. But equally, there hasn't been anything to get me really snapped out of this looking back sort of moment that I'm in. Uh, I think it might all be a bit classic classic napoli but we'll just have to wait and see won't we um so let's just take a little bit of time to to look back because it's as you said it's been tough to sort of think about it as a whole whilst we've been in it because it's been so intense it's been so dramatic and there's been so many ridiculous things that have happened so i've written down some things categories that i'm going to throw at you Michele, and you can either say fuck you plastic and not answer them or you can just give me give me some answers um or i can do both i mean you i know you will do both so you know um and we've done i think we did about 20 shows this season so we covered some things but we've also missed others so again might be an opportunity to to think about some of the things we perhaps might not have spoken about so here we go I'm gonna do some some theme tune now. But we're so high budget, aren't we, Michele? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna start with what was the biggest surprise? The biggest surprise. The biggest surprise is well, it's easy to say Napoli Juventus five one. Not only because it was Juventus, but also because I mean we don't get to win, you know, so many games by one. I think. The most surprising thing for me was that usually when Napoli has these must-win games, we don't deliver. So we feel the pressure of these games and we don't really deliver. And you know, it's easy to say now that Juve was no threat to us, but that wasn't true at the time. So at the time, oh I think I was convinced they were going to take over us. Yeah, you know? a lot of us were very scared about Juventus back then. It was was at the beginning of January. I think the they won like seven in a row, hadn't they? Like one nil, they'd won all those games. Yeah, they yeah, really yeah. looked like they were getting into that horrible groove. Exactly, and I think if they won against us, they would have they would have gone what like five points, eight points behind us on the other. I can't remember, but quite close, quite close. So close enough for it to be a disaster. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, I think that's a great shout. I think it's a great shout. Um, I think we're all a bit lost for words at the end of it. And Ken, dear Ken, uh. You were there, bro. Amazing. It was with me. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm doing all right, Ken. Okay, biggest surprise yeah. got that. Okay, that's Napoli Juve 5 1. The most tears that you shed last season. Uh, well, I mean, that's easy, no? I mean, that's easy. I've, I can tell you that, I mean, I didn't cry all games. Obviously, I didn't cry all season. So I cried a few times, but not, not all the time. I, I think I cried three times last season. And. Uh, well, obviously, two times where when Napoli won, 
So I cried when uh, Napoli won the title mathematically. So against against Sudinese when I was yeah. at the stadium, the stadium when there was the showing of the game in the stadium, in our stadium, uh, yeah. on the big screen. So I cried there, and I have a video of that. I have a 360 degrees videos. Which, which features a very yet. a very prominent part of your father's anatomy to talk 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 exactly. of your father. Exactly. Yes. You have to share it. Yeah, I will. I probably will. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because I I did it as a as a that memory. That makes it sound you know, ruder like, than it really is. Actually, that, that, it's not it's not that part. Listeners, don't no, no, don't no, worry, no. everybody. <laughs> so yeah, no, I cried then. I cried when Di Lorenzo lifted the scudetto, even though I couldn't see a thing. As yeah, we yeah, as we talked about, we, I couldn't see anything, but I from the screens I saw from the screen in the stadium I saw Di Lorenzo lifting the scudetto, so it made me made me cry because it's again like I've I've been dreaming about that moment for for my whole life, and I thought it was a dream that would never come true. So it was quite nice, even though you know we had a few months to metabolize and to digest what would would happen. Still, you know, like it caught me by surprise, and I. I cried when that happened, but I think probably the the most surprising cry I had was the first cry of the season, and I, I talked about it before. It was against Sudinese. Yeah, the release of tension. I love that. I love this. Yeah, and uh, again, it's when I say I'm the average Napoli fan, it's true because it wasn't just me crying. It was like I I started crying, and then I saw a lot of people around me crying too. And at the end of the day, it wasn't that big of a game. It wasn't a big game at all. It was just like a normal game. We won from a lot of wins in a row. And it was we the last throw game. it away, weren't we? We, we suddenly conceded yeah. those, those two goals. Yeah, exactly. So I think probably it was a combination of, you know, we are going, like we, we, we couldn't believe we actually had a chance to win the Scudetto, but it was becoming real in front of our eyes. And when we, when it seemed like we were throwing the game away, I think all of us thought, okay, that's it. You know, like all, all, <laughs> like nice old Navoli coming back and giving us the usual disappointment. So when we won that game, it felt like something weird was going on because it was like very unnapoli. So a lot of us like were feeling a lot of tension in those last minutes. So when we finally won, it was like a huge, huge release of tension. And there was there was there was very surprising because I I mean I didn't anticipate that happening. I could imagine me crying when Napoli won the Scudetto mathematically. I could imagine I never prepared for it obviously, but I could imagine that would happen. But for the Udinese game, it was totally unexpected, and it and was shared. funny. And yeah, yeah. It shared yes, but it was amazing. Shared after, so yeah, I turned around and I saw a couple like a couple crying, and yeah, we hugged and. That was quite nice, but yeah, that was probably yeah the big probably I, I wouldn't say it was the biggest cry because I when nobody won the scudetto but with you Denise game I cried for like twenty minutes but but it it was the most surprising for sure it was the most surprising. Okay, what was the biggest laugh you had last season? Biggest laugh, you know. I it could be at someone's of, expense. It can be with, uh, however. No, well, however I had a, it, but it was a very happy season, so I had a lot of laughs. I remember usually laugh at something you don't expect. So um, I wouldn't say I laughed when Napoli won games or stuff like that. I laughed a lot 
So I'll tell you inside the stadium and outside the stadium. So I laughed a lot when Napoli won in Amsterdam um, 6-1. I was there. And at one point, after we scored four, five, six goals, like you don't even celebrate anymore. You you just laugh in disbelief. It's like, what the hell is going on? We're winning an away Champions League game in this magnificent stadium, 6-1, and we're losing that game at the beginning. So I was with some with my father and a dear friend, and just felt like I don't know. I felt like I felt like laughing. We after Napoli scored the the fourth and the fifth and the sixth, we just looked at each other and laughed. We hugged and laughed because it was that crazy, that unbelievable to me what was happening. It's like at one point you cannot even rationalize anymore, you know, the score and what's happening. And it's so unprecedented that you just laugh and it feels like a dream because like, what the hell is going on? It's like, really? Like 6-1? Really? And <laughs> yeah. away games amplify these feelings by a lot because it's, it's there is a lot of anticipation. You know, like you, you get expensive flights, then you fight for the tickets, then you get expensive accommodations and then even the trip to the stadium was crazy because there were like we tried we tried to get on a train like three four times but they were full of Ajax fans so we couldn't get on them so at one point we gave up on the metro and we went uh, upstairs we went in the streets and we asked for a couple of taxis they rejected our um, requests so we really thought about not getting there in time and then at the end obviously it happened and we went there and we enjoyed and that win, but yeah, exactly. So you know the whole anticipation of it. You get you get inside the stadium, and even getting inside these stadiums is a, it's quite complicated as an away fan. It's very very difficult because you get checked a lot. You get you know handed from policeman to policeman, and you know like even the Napoli fans who attend away games in Champions League sometimes they are not the nicest because it's uh, it's it's the hardcore. It's, yeah, it's the hardcore ultras, but it's the hardcore ultras who are banned from attending Italian games. Because, oh, that's because, interesting. Yeah, because, well, in Europe, it doesn't really work like that. But then again, in Europe, the tickets are not, uh, don't have the names on them. So I know yeah. for a fact, because I had a, well, a friend of a friend who is an ultras and who was banned from the stadium for a couple of years. Because, well, to be honest, he did nothing bad. It's just... Like it, like it, it was acquitted in in uh, in court, so it was banned. But it wasn't really fair for him. But still, he was banned for a couple of years from Italian stadiums. But he said, "I can't wait for Champions League games because so I, I can actually attend these games. They don't check." So, so yeah, those I are didn't, the didn't Italian. This, this is yeah. great. Uh, okay, I think that's a brilliant choice for biggest laugh. Um, what was your biggest disappointment? Must be quite hard to answer this because, but I suppose there's a few things. So what I know what mine is. What's yours? Well, the Napoli-Milan game at home yeah. was quite disappointing because, well, we 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 lost by such a margin that it was quite weird, and we were very used to winning games this season, last season. So when Milan won, came and won 4-0, it was very disappointing. But I think. The biggest disappointment was losing against Milan in Champions League. That was extremely disappointing. It was so disappointing that it kind of spoiled a little bit. A little bit, not too much. But it spoiled a little bit. The thank, God for, the, thank God for Jack Raspadori, because that goal against Juve, like for me, that cleansed 
the kind of disappointment of yeah. of that game. But yeah, I agree. How about the game that 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 never was against against Rangers? That was very disappointing. Yeah, on a personal level, obviously, that was very disappointing because yes, if people don't know that we we were banned from the scene, so they clo- because the the Queen died a few days before that game. Other football decided- clubs managed to keep the game going, but Rangers decided not to. Yeah, Rangers have to be careful to what I say about the this away section. section. So they closed the away section. They told us the game was on a Tuesday, and they told us on a on on the uh, previous Sunday, so two days before. They postponed the game to Wednesday, and uh, yeah, I mean I, by then obviously everything was already planned. I had my uh, tickets, I had my flights, and thank God that they have my accommodation because this good guy hey. called Henry Bell hosted me in his house in the beautiful beautiful paisley paisley so that was very enjoyable got to experience enzo's fish and chips and kitty o'shea west end uh celtic bars hospitality um was disappointed but not totally disappointed because my girlfriend came with me uh to scotland and we actually made a trip out of it so we went went to the highlands didn't you Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 okay there you go um okay Favorite chance or the chance you'll remember the most from the season? I think I must say it's not. So, I, I don't like it a lot, but it's the, I think it's the chance of the season. So I must say the Vesuvio Eruta chant, which yeah. maybe is not a natural chant because we we sing it, but it's it's uh, yeah that's the chant of the season because it's it started this season it. It, it became so big that it involved the players too. So you could see videos of Zielinski and like Napoli players chanting. I love the one of Zielinski. I love that. Yeah, it just yeah, doesn't seem like a very Zielinski thing room. to do, does it? Exactly, but he's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, quite nice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, I'm still seeing videos about that chant. A lot of people, you know, it, it's funny because it's obviously on the notes, on the music of uh, the tune of um, Free From Desire. Which is uh, I mean to be, I, I mean you you hate, but I love that song. I love that. It's just like such a like a perfect. I wouldn't song say hate it. Speech. It just it was played constantly on the radio in England in the in the early ah, to mid nineties. Right. So. Right. so yeah, Milan fans made that that song theirs when they won the scudetto. So they, to the tune of Free from Desire, they used to sing Pioli is on fire, whatever. Yeah. yeah and yeah. um, then it became this, well, offensive uh Territorially discriminatory uh, chant against Napoli fans and Napoli in general. So, so to the tune of Free and Desire, other a lot of fan bases around Italy would sing Vesuvius erupts. The whole city is destroyed. All Napoli is destroyed. So at one point, Napoli fans decided to make it there. So they took the exact same chant, racist and you know discriminatory, offensive, and we just started singing it inside our stadium because in uh, during halftime, this was like a normal song which would, would be played since last season. And I mean, I was already dancing and singing to it because it was, I mean, I just love it. A little bit of as a joke to annoy a friend of mine who comes to the scene with me. But they, they just, used to play it last season as well. I mean, they yeah, I thought, yeah, it's yeah, from, yeah, it's from two, well, last season, two seasons ago. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's uh, at one point we decided to sing Vesuvius Erupts to the tune of Free and Desire during halftime, and slowly became 
such a big thing. You know, it started from I think it's I think it started from Curva B and slowly it involved the whole stadium. So people would wait for this song during the whole you know halftime and when it came on, usually the last song at halftime. Like it was so funny to me because as soon as you heard the first distinctive notes like from from that song. Like you, you could hear like the whole stadium doing, oh, ah, everyone's so happy about it. You know, like just, oh yeah, it's happening. And yeah, so it was, it was so, it became so big that like even players, very, yeah. even players started to sing it. So it's, it's so weird to me because I don't know, it's so, like only in Napoli, like literally only in Napoli. But yeah, that's quite, that's quite. Well, I love it. It was great as a statement as well as kind of reclaiming that that whole thing. It, it's quite powerful, I think, in some ways. And the fact that it kind of quite organically just came out of the stadium as well, which I think is great. Um, okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to combine three and one now. That kind of experience of being at the stadium, what was your favourite game? I think before, during and after, overall. We had a lot of good games last season. It's hard to pick one. Um, especially because it felt like sometimes it kind of felt like an out-of-body experience winning games the way we did. Like people forget, but we won. We scored four goals against Liverpool in September, yeah. and it was big. One of the like the early biggest results we had in the season, and that was quite nice. And we had a lot of fun there. But it was kind of like out-of-body. Like, What's going on? It was hard to understand. And when it started happening more often, it was hard to believe that was actually happening and the actual consequences of, of all those wins. It's hard for me to pick one game in particular. But you have to. Otherwise, I'm going to come around and beat you up. I, I, you know what? You combine the three questions into one. I will split them into three again. That will okay. tell you that. Go. I will tell you that. So the best game, I think, it's Napoli Juventus, because and not just because it's Juventus. You know, I don't like like before last before two two years ago, I had never attended a Napoli Juventus in my life in the stadium because I don't like I don't really like the atmosphere in big games. Um, a lot of plastics get there and it's fine it's absolutely fine it's just that you know tickets are more expensive for those games and to me right. it doesn't feel like a bigger game usually i like i very much like uh smaller games when napoli plays at home one of some of the best experiences in the stadiums are against uh, where against smaller teams like late napoli lecce my probably all-time favorite of the Cavani goal yeah exactly so um, Napoli, but this Napoli Juventus was different because we won from we we came from a lot of wins in a row. Then we lost in Milan against Inter, and that also felt like, that you know, really like felt oh like yeah, the beginning of the end. Yeah. Exactly because we lost very badly, and a lot of people were saying, oh yeah, you know, Napoli won a lot of games, but after they will not be able to keep it up after the World Cup, especially because well, because it's Napoli, but also because it's Paletti, and Paletti is famous for blah 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 this, this and that. So. Losing in Milan against Inter felt like confirming those, you know, those um, those discussions, those points. But then we won against Juventus, and it was a extremely big game. Not just because it's Juventus, not for the sake of it, but because we at at that point Juventus felt like the only opponent we could 
till till the Scudetta away from us. But yes. what was it about? The dream, not even the Scudetta, just the dream, you know, like the belief. So but yeah, what there was. was... It? What was it about the atmosphere though that made you choose that one in terms of in game? In game, well, maybe that not... picture you sent me of the five one and everybody had their lights on their phone and they were singing Saro Conte, which from a, my plastic perspective really brought the brevity. You know, that was the most brevity moment from me from the sofa. So God knows what it was like in the actual stadium itself. I would say, you know, in terms of atmosphere, it wasn't the biggest game. I didn't feel like, oh, wow, this is different. It was certainly big. We had a lot of big games, though, a lot of big wins, a lot of like games where the atmosphere was great. I have a few and probably the biggest one is going to sound weird, but uh, Napoli Verona, I think, when Napoli made uh, peace with the ultras. So that yeah. was great when the, the the drums came inside the stadium for the first time in months. Oh, like, it, was it was amazing. Like, yeah, that was great. Like everyone celebrating this drum, you know, like this ultras, like just like bringing the drums inside the stadium for the first time in months and months and months. So that was great in terms of atmosphere for the f- drums for the first time. In, in I'm taking that as your ago. official answer. That's your that's the best in-game experience. What about pre-game or post-game? So pre-game, I have to say Napoli Salernitana because yeah. So I think I talked about it before, but usually when I go to the stadium, I go to the on the um, the motorway, you know, the tangenziale, because yeah. it's the fastest way for me to get to the stadium, and it's and quite you a pass boring. Through all these amazing. Uh, decorations you were exactly, saying exactly exactly yeah so this time i decided to go through the city and i actually found out that it's shorter for me to go to do that so i just I, now i do that all the time but at that time you know when i decided to do that it was a deliberate choice because i wanted to experience i wanted to there were a lot of you know groups a lot of people saying we let's go to the stadium together a lot of like a big group of fans decided to go to the stadium uh, by foot from the historic center. So I wanted to see that. I wanted to see all the flags. I wanted, it was like a magical day that day. And I decided to go, to, to, to go from my house to the stadium through the city. And you know, I couldn't stop. Like, I, I didn't cry, but I teared up a little bit. You know, like I, just all the decorations, even the American embassy was decorated with the Napoli colors because the American Amazing. ambassador became a big napoli fan so that was quite nice and well done american American. happy fourth of july to all our american listeners as well yes so that Um, was quite nice and also you sent me those videos pre-game of the no that was insane man there was like i that was insane i never so yeah like a small regret of the season is not winning the scudetto that day because that day was man was magical it was like people were out of their minds they were celebrating since the morning was unbelievable so yeah that was the pre-match experience which i'll never forget post-match well post-match i have to say Udinese napoli because i stayed all night yeah you know just walking around, yeah, yeah, yeah walking around the streets of napoli people celebrating and yeah that was the 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 night i've always dreamed about because i've always talk with friends and like oh what will we what will we do when we win the scudetto i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and so there was the night i always dreamed about and admittedly it was quieter than i thought on a personal level like for me like i didn't i didn't do all the crazy things i thought i would do 
I decided to observe most of all. I probably because I did all my celebrating inside the stadium that day and the weeks before and and you know even after and the Salernitana Napoli, matches, as you were saying that that really was the the build up to that. Yeah, sadly. So so I decided, you know, like probably the best moment was when we finally arrived in Piazza Plebiscita. We were extremely tired and like it was uh, a friend of mine and, and myself and we sat on the steps on Piazza of Lebiscito. We rested a little bit and we just stayed there and watched like the full square Piazza of Lebiscito just celebrating uh, with flags, flares, fireworks. And that was quite nice. You know, I just stayed there and just with a smile on my face, just watched people celebrate and was like, oh yeah, we did it. So that was, that was great. That obviously, uh, I have to mention the post game of Juventus Napoli because that was the only like the only actual celebrations that we had with the team in the city. Yeah, the we, Barcelona, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. As we covered that the for various reasons it was decided not to celebrate the scudetto with the city, like I mean the team, the players with the city. So after we won against Juventus, we all went outside the airport and we waited for them the whole night and we celebrated with the with the team and it was totally uh well totally not organized. It was uh, spontaneous expression. Yeah, spontaneous, joy. totally random. And it was quite great to see how the players responded to that. It wasn't an open bus, but they made it open because they opened the window I like on that. the on the yeah, on the roof of the bus and they just all went outside, so that was that was great. That was needed. It was needed because you need a moment like that. Oh god, and yeah. And as I, like, I thank God for Jack Raspadori because he kind of enabled that great expression of exactly. that great explosion of like, even though it wasn't mathematically sealed, it kind of was, wasn't it? After that. Um, okay, that was a good review. Well done. We're going to quickly talk about some players, and then you're going to give us your Neapolitan expression. So. Who was your favourite player last season? These have to be quite quick fire, Michele. Lobotka. I think Stanislav Lobotka. Oh, that's me too. Me too. Yeah. Well, maybe you're not that plastic after all. No, Stand strike that. Strike that. Strike that. Okay. Uh, who was our best player last season? Again, for me, it's Lobotka. It's hard to say. Isn't? It's hard not to say Osimhen. But I, on a personal level, I just enjoy. Not just Lobotka, I enjoyed the role of Regista so much. I've always oh, enjoyed yeah. that. It was like back when Pirlo was in Milan, I like I fell in love with Pirlo. Just like I enjoyed that role so much that it's hard for me not to admire a Regista when he does his job so well, like Lobotka did last season. So for me, it's Lobotka. And our, it's... And our first Scudetto was obviously down to Diego Maradona, but Rom- Romano making it happen. In, as the regista, a f- oft forgotten Napoli legend. I totally agree. There's nothing like seeing a, a conductor at work, whether it's Simon Ruffel or whether it's Stanislav Lobotka. Okay. Is there a player that disappointed you? Player disappointed me. Um, I could say I was, I felt a little bit disappointed by um, Lozano, maybe. It's hard to say, you know, I don't want to say the reserves, obviously, because the reserves didn't, I mean, the expectations were high. So I'm comparing my expectation, my expectations at the beginning of the season 
compared to the actual performance of the players throughout the season. And I don't think Lozano can be too happy about this season. It wasn't it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. And even Politano didn't have a a great season. So I think probably yeah. that side, the right side, was a little bit, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Well, it, they didn't deliver. I think that which is which. Which is the reason why a lot of people are still talking about, you know, doing the transfer, this transfer market about buying a naturally, a natural good player to play on that side. And Lozano is also leaving, probably is about to leave. So, you know, yeah. he was very good at celebrating though, wasn't he? He was quite good fun during all yeah, this good at yeah. celebration. No, I mean, it's um, hard for me to say Lozano because I lo- like, you could say like Lozano has some videos where he even teared up when we won the Scudetto. You could tell that he, he felt involved. In the win, yeah. in the team. So on the personal level, you know, I, you know, I love all of them. I love all of them. Even Beretinsky, I love all of them. But on the uh, foot, on a football yeah. level, it's hard to say that Lozano had a great season. And, and some people would say, yeah. oh, yeah. some people would say, oh yeah, but he had that great assist that game. Yeah, I mean, what do you expect to have zero assists and zero goals throughout the whole season? Like he was a starter most of the time. So obviously he's gonna have some goals and some assists. I don't think. Compared to my expectations, let's make it personal. To my expectations, I don't think he did enough. So it's hard for me to say disappointment because it's a, for me it's a big word. But like you know, in the context of a um, such a big season, a season where they gave us so much happiness and so much joy and so many wins, I would say probably Lozano is the one that was, re- relatively speaking. The most disappointing. Okay. Um, if this season was a p- plate of pasta, what would this season be? I hate. I hate when you ask me that because it's such a. I don't know. Like what? Uh, I don't know. Use your imagination. You know, pasta comparisons you. to what for the to the season? Just to the season as as a whole. Let's not worry about players. We're over an hour now, so let's. If you have to sum up this season as a bowl of pasta, what what dish would you choose? Again, I've never seen I, never seen Michaela concentrate this much. Listen, because it's, because I take it seriously. You see the I focus think, on I this think, face. I, I take this question very seriously. That's why. I don't want to say just like, oh, yeah, ragu, because ragu is good and this season was good. I don't want to say that. I want to think something deeper, because for me, I have a very deep relationship with pasta. It's not just a dish. It's not just something you eat. I eat pasta every day. So, of course. Yeah, of course. So I just went to Rome with a colleague who doesn't like pasta, but that's a different podcast. It was a long yeah. four days. Well, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a different podcast, but... Um, a dear pasta compared to the you know the thing the first thing that came to mind was pasta e vongole the spaghetti con le vongole okay. because to me that like it's one of the for me it's one of the fresh it's a Napolitan dish first of all it's not obviously exclusively Napolitan but you know if you come to Napoli it's one of those dishes where which you have to eat and for me you know since my childhood is one of those things that always been um, linked to to happiness, to special events, because you would you wouldn't eat spaghetti and bongole on a Wednesday at lunch. You know that's not that kind of dish. It's the kind of dish that you eat with family, you eat with friends, you eat when you go out, 
And even if you go out, you don't eat it anywhere. You eat where you know that they make it well because it's 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 a relatively simple uh, pasta recipe, pasta dish, but it's you know you want to like margarita. You know, it's relatively easy, but it's very easy to fuck it up too. So like all the I, best Italian dishes. Yeah, so that's that's how I feel about spaghetti con le vongole. It's very you know the the white version because you can also put some tomatoes in it, but I like it white. So, so it's like the the away strip. I like what? Like like the away the away shirts for this. Yeah season. yeah 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 yeah. So see, I'm making me, connections here, drawing connections. Beautiful okay. beautiful contribution. So. <laughs> for me, pasta, spaghetti con le vongole is just like a happy dish. It's something that I I uh, always link to, you know, outings with friends, family, special events, to the sunny sunny days, to the seaside, because I used to eat, like, especially when I was a child, I used to eat that in a specific restaurant, which doesn't ex- exist anymore. But it's on the right in, right in front of uh, Castel del Lovo. That was when that part of town was still open to cars. So I remember like going there, parking the car in front of this restaurant, eating a nice spaghetti con le vongole and then leaving. And it was very happy for me. It was very, quite nice. So, you know, for me, it, the first thing that came to mind is spaghetti con le vongole because it's very hard not to think about a very happy dish on a personal level That's when a- it comes to this very happy and special season. Great answer, man. If you keep answering the questions so well, I'll keep asking them. Uh, people listening at home who doesn't, who don't know what's in that dish, do you want to just tell tell them what's in that dish? So it's obviously spaghetti. Then you have uh, vongole. How do you say vongole in English? Clams? Yeah, clams. Yeah, yeah. Then it's uh, olive oil, and then you can put some uh, uh, parsley. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not difficult. It's literally this easy. You can use you know there are like like with having there are a lot of variations. Some people put some potatoes even in it. Yeah. Some people put some tomatoes. Some people put a lot of other like. It's also potatoes. my brother's favorite. It's my brother's favorite. There you go. You've chosen a good bell family. Yeah. No, for me, chosen. for me, it's like the simple things. You know, it's I don't, I don't. I don't go after like overly complicated dishes. I don't think that's what the our cuisine is about. This is very simple, but sure. then again, it, it relies on quality ingredients. So the pasta. The first time, be... I mean, the first time I went to Naples, I was eating fish, and I had I think like two nights out of five, I had that. Um, it's so good. Uh, okay. Good. I'm happy with that. That's very on brand as a, a conclusion of our of our review. Have you got talking of which? Have you got an expression for us before we all get on with our lives? I do have an expression for uh, for for the end of the podcast. I was I was um, thinking about um, some phrases which have to do with the fact that. You know, I was thinking about the transfer market and the fact that despite the fact that we are a winning team now, there are some players who still want to leave. So we're obviously never going to be a Real Madrid. We're never going to be, you know, Bayern Munich where Kim is going. 
and he's joining he's joining Bayern Munich after just after just one one season. So that's a little bit uh, still though. So um, thinking about that, thinking about the change of dynamics, but also the fact that we are never going to like even if we win five scudetti in a row, I don't think we are never going to get to 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 that level. Super club level. Yeah, exactly. So um, I would say that uh, the phrase of the week. I was I was. So the thing is, this phrase of the week can be a little bit controversial, maybe. But I'll say it anyway. So the phrase of the week is. Um, a bona si è tentata e resta onesta, non è stata bona tentata. I'll say it again. A femmina bona si è tentata e resta onesta, non è stata bona tentata. In Italian, it would be, it would be, una donna bella si è tentata e resta onesta, non è stata ben tentata. In English, it would be a beautiful woman if tempted if when tempted remains honest has probably not been tempted enough so the context so the face is yeah because, so the thing is i was expecting because, something a lot worse than that Michaela. no well i mean yeah but you know some navajan faces when it comes to women they can be a, a little bit, bit gender, yeah 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 you, you know so, the men as well you know yeah, yeah yeah for sure for sure you can say it in general so mm. so and that you know that also is linked to the fact that the way I look at our players since Iguain left, especially, so I don't get too attached to players anymore. So when people say, so maybe Osimhen will stay, no? And people will say, oh, Osimhen stays because he loves us. Mm, yeah, you know, the, you know, the way I say, probably he wasn't tempted enough. That's the thing. So I'm ready for players to leave at all moments, even after such a big victory such a big win and such a big season yeah. uh i don't get attached to players too much anymore so if they don't leave by it's a, it's a bit cynical to way to to see it that way but it keeps me sane i think it's a good way to stay sane and i think it's a very good place to to end this particularly with listeners who are perhaps logging into instagram and twitter and getting very sort of stressed about the mercato i think you've got to just You've got to just see it for what it is in this kind of context of modern of modern football, I suppose. So, um, yeah. well, thanks, Michele. It's been cool to actually also look ahead. I'm feeling a bit more ready now. Feeling a little bit. Got that feeling now. More like a normal football fan. Um, the therapy worked. Yeah, Podcast I like it. therapy, yeah. I'll be sending you. Uh, just send me your invoice as my therapist. Um, you're still at Napoli Tickets, right? On Twitter. There's rumors yes. that you may even be starting up a different Twitter account. I am. I will. I will. I re- it's already on. I can. I, I can already. T- I don't even remember the handle of it, but I think it's Michele at Michele GNT. It's empty. Okay. It's still empty. But I want to. Like that's probably gonna be my personal main account from now on. So we can keep the Nawi Tickets account a little bit more um, on the ticketing. Of so we can see the real, the real Michele. Um, okay. Uh, well, we'll tweet that out from our account at Shadow of Vesuvio. Um, I'm at Henry Barcalcio. We're part of the Far From Vesuvius network at Far From Vesuvius. Be sure to check out the Napoli rant. Raf and Raf. 
Hey, I haven't, I haven't heard a show for a while, guys. Come on, get it out. And thanks to Rafa for production on this as well. Um, yeah, we'll be back probably in a couple of weeks. We're going to be doing a few over the summer. Although I've learned to not make promises. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> All right, take care, everybody. I'm Forza Napoli. Sempre, sempre. <laughs> Yeah.